0: And we're also going to have a phone call from the Tiger King himself, Mr. Joe.
1: It's just totally changed. So when I hear people that are like kind of anti-Zoo, I'm like, you're thinking of the Zoo of yesterday. That is not the Zoo of today. So and I'm going to tell you guys, this is the first. I'm I'm breaking the secret. Your phone farted.
0: (laughs) And with that said, welcome back to Too Hard, Too Fast, the podcast with strong opinions about things that we may or may not know too much about. In order to broaden perspectives. Perspectives. Actually, today, Thursday, we're continuing to learn a lot about what we don't. We have a lot of opinions. Yeah. But very little knowledge. Mr. Lots Temoro of opinions. is really educating us. And I had no idea that by getting drunk with free tail con cerveza, you're actually helping out a species. And also, every time you go to the San Antonio Zoo, you're helping them reach out and help out a whole bunch of different animals yeah but when and i go to the... Tim says it better than i just did but when i go
2: to the san antonio zoo drunk all of a sudden it's a problem <laughs> <laughs>
0: is it i don't know I... I don't think i don't think we're getting kicked out of the san antonio zoo anytime soon okay fair enough i hope not i don't know hey it's a good show sit back buckle up let's go too hard too fast <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome to Too Hard, Too Fast. Too hard, too fast. Too hard, too fast.
1: Too hard, too fast. Welcome to Too Hard, Too Fast. Welcome back to Too Hard, Too Fast. If you don't know, that's your own fault.
0: Woo, that's your own fault, baby. The podcast of the
1: century. It's done looking <laughs> right.
0: So I've heard,
2: I don't know how true this is, but I've heard that elephants have like, an affinity to humans, like they almost consider us cute. Is there any truth to that? Do you, have you heard that yourself?
1: Elephants have personalities, right? So we all agree. I think no matter your view on elephants, zoos, not zoos, animal rights, not you know, elephants have personalities. They they are herd mentality. Um, we have an uh, an elephant here named Lucky that's been here for sixty years. Mm-hmm. She's more bonded to people than she is to elephants because she's been with a bunch of elephants over the last 50, year, 50 something years, 58 years, not bonded with, but she's bonded with the keepers. So they do bond with people. Um, so it's interesting when when uh, people that are anti um, elephants and zoos say like, oh, they're social creatures, you know, they have social needs. They definitely want to be with other elephants. And we say, and I say, yeah, they're social creatures, they have social needs and the, the individual, the individual we have wants to be with people more than elephants that there's this kind of diversion of like thought on that process. But I'm like, I agree. They have social needs. They're just different. So some elephants bond with people, some are bonded with their herds of elephants. It just depends really on how they've been raised and where they've been raised and things like that, but very different, but elephants are in a bad situation. We talk about Freetail. So last year free tail gave $10,000 to the international elephant foundation. There's less than 35,000, 30,000 Asian elephants left on this planet. You think about that in terms of a Spurs game, that's less than one and a half Spurs game of people. That's all the, elf, the Asian elephants left on this planet. And African elephants are in bad shape too. There's more of them, but there's 96 of them being killed a day. So 96 African elephants are killed each day, one every 15 minutes because of human encroachment and poaching and those kind of things. So it's really important for us to understand these species and save them. And that's what zoos work towards. Um, but you, you lose elephants in an ecosystem, they're an umbrella species. So they are like the ones that knock down trees and then plant seeds and those type of things. They really represent the whole ecosystem of that area. If you lose them, the whole ecosystem crashes. So it's really important for us to, to really protect elephants and but understand elephant needs. And I think zoos done a much better job of that in the last 20, 30 years that he did 30 years ago, the zoo of yesterday was like menagerie style, right? So who's the best zoo? Oh, who has the most? The answer was who has the most animals? And we were in the top three, right? Because we have this, all the menagerie exhibitry of like one animal, one animal, one animal. Now zoos are judged by who has the best exhibits, most natural, most enriching, who's doing the most education, who's doing the most conservation. It's just totally changed. So when I hear people that are like kind of anti-zoo, I'm like, you're thinking of the zoo of yesterday. That is not the zoo of today. So it's really important for us to get our messaging out that literally zoos today are finding the safe species from extinction. They're not the zoo of yesterday where it was just a menagerie of like go down the assembly line and meet every animal, which before the internet and all those things, that's what you did. But so it's an interesting time, I think for zoos and for conservation efforts where we're kind of in this medium period of like, okay, there's only 35,000 Asian elephants left. Zoos are really important to save them, but should we have them and those kind of things. But we're educating the public on what's happening in the wild and, you know, how, how even in San Antonio, here's how you can help save these species in the wild by doing these things. And so that's what we really focus on.
0: Yeah, and um, as you said, that the zoo, that zoos are changing. I was talking to Jerry before you got on. When I first moved to San Antonio, I felt like people and mostly I mean, I, I wouldn't know about tourists, but for sure the locals were like, you don't want to go to the zoo. There's nothing yeah. to stay there. The animals are not even in their thing. You don't. Uh, so the thing was, like, you don't want to go to the zoo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but as, you know, I grew up with the city, there's been a big shift. And I, I guess a lot of it is when you came in. And there was another article that I read that you came in and pretty much just started changing even the color scheme. You were yeah. changing the color scheme. It was so boring. So you were taking, like you said, more care about the where the animals are, uh, making it look more like where they're supposed to be, like if they were yeah. out in wildlife. Yeah. So at some point, there was a shift where people actually were like, hey, let's go to the zoo. You know what the zoo's doing now? There's events like Bull Bash and all yeah. these crazy things that you guys are doing that are super fun because I go myself. Yeah. Um, so... How did you come up with this ship? Was it was it just like for you to say, hey, I need to make this more fun? Or did you just realize yourself that people weren't coming or what was what, what was driving you at making those
1: decisions? Yes, yeah, so it's multiple things. So I realized, you know, zoos have to modernize and understand how animal how people now want to see animals in the caravan, right? So they don't want to see in the if backwards fifty years there was one gorilla and a concrete habitat that you can see a gorilla. Okay, check that off the box, I saw a gorilla. So the zoo, okay, the gorilla was out, we had a concrete uh, exhibit, which was easy to clean, and the gorilla was always visible. So as we're designing pro- uh, habitats now, it's like, I don't really don't care if someone's complaining they couldn't see the lions because the grass was too tall, or the gorilla was this, or the, this. Like, we're creating natural habitats that are enriching to those animals, and they, they really become ambassadors for their counterparts in the wild. And so that has been inspiring to me. One, Um, two is like, you talked about the experience at the zoo. We've really been adding a lot of um, events to the zoo. You know, we have Dinosaur this summer. We have Zubu for six weeks, Zoo Ice for six weeks. We don't want the zoo to be the same static thing you visit all the time. Because when you visit a zoo, accredited zoo like San Antonio Zoo, you're really funding conservation around the world. So the more people we can get to come to San Antonio Zoo, the more conservation work we get to do around the planet. So, it's a total win win for us, right? The more people that come. So, the more events we do, the more things we do, and people come, the, the more they feel better about the habitats they're looking at, like you're mentioning, where you used to come to the zoo and it's kind of sad. It was the same thing every time you came. Um, we're changing that. We want, we want people to stay at a habitat and learn about it. They're like, okay, I picture like this is where rhinos would live. This is where elephants would live. This is where gorillas would live and spend time learning about those species and the species statuses in the wild um, to to encourage the conservation office they could do at home. But so it's really an encompassing program of like, we have this experience for the person um, that comes to the zoo. We want them to stay longer. We know people come to the zoo to have fun, right? So we don't want to lose that. Jack Hanna famous for saying zoos are fun. Don't lose the fact that people come to zoos for fun. I have never lost that. So I think the zoo is fun. Our social media is fun. Everything we do is fun for our employees but we want you to come and have fun and stay longer to learn about all the animals in our care to help the conservation of those species in the wild. And so that's what we're doing is like just creating a better guest experience. When I got here, every single building was brown. And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, the old school philosophy of zoos was, you know, whatever whoever had the most animal was the best zoo and the buildings were brown. They blended in the background. It was all about the animals. And I'm like, I came from a theme park world where, we're all about experience for the guests so we've kind of blended that here at this zoo and a lot a lot of zoos around the country have started to do this but we're really fortunate here that i have people here working working at the zoo that come from six flags sea world museums ski resorts you know, car companies we have this really great mix of people that didn't traditionally grow up as zoo operators and we have the traditional zoo operators with the animals and it's a great blend of like we're kind of the new zoo. We're out there. Like we do things like our Valentine's Day uh, program is like you can name a roach or uh, a rat after an X, and we're going to feed it to uh, animal on Facebook Live for you. So heard about uh, that, yeah, it's pretty funny. That how
0: many, many roaches did you name of me there? I yeah. Let's can we cut?
2: <laughs> no, it's a real Roadhouse story though, man. He's like he's like the zoo cooler. You seen Roadhouse? Comes in and he's kind of cleans up. Yeah.
1: So, oh, we're, yeah. kind of, we're kind of out there as far as zoos are concerned, which I don't mind because we're a disruptor. I, I consider ourselves a disruptor in the industry. We're doing things to get attention, to bring attention to the problems of the animals in the wild, which is fine. But that, like that uh, Valentine's Day, we've raised $100,000 in two years. And by the way, 85% of the people that bought roaches and uh, rats were women. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> it's the guys. The guys <laughs> are the ones messing up. So there's a
1: lot of dudes doing bad stuff to get named as roaches and snakes. But yeah, 85% have been women naming the roaches and snakes or roaches and rats. But we're just we're just having fun. We're trying to bring fun. It's like the beer. We're trying to bring fun to conservation because if we know people want to come here to have fun, when they come here to have fun, we're gonna educate them, we're gonna do things to teach them. But at the core, we are fun. And our social media is epically fun. Super funny, and that's that's kind of our personality. Like, and there's dudes around the country that are like, I'm sure, like those guys are crazy in San Antonio. Like, we would never do that, but we don't care. We're like, we're having fun. It's having the impact on the uh on species that we're trying to save, and I don't know, San Antonio. So we're just fine with that. We don't care what other dudes think about us.
2: <laughs> it's like the the advantage of not being under a microscope. We're not New York. We're not like the San Diego. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, we're. It's just we can do whatever we want. And I think that's the cool thing is that san antonio has had so much untapped potential that now we're like the, you're right man the zoo when i first went to it it was like there was nothing to get excited about and it's just so engaging now i think yeah. it's really cool like i, I even had a like a, a year-long pass last year like i, I yeah i took a take i'm sorry man i don't <laughs> know well we'll talk about it later but
1: we no have I, a, we have an event called zoo a lot it's a food and wine event 50 restaurants, wine, beer, all inclusive event. we buy to get, you know, proceeds go to conservation. We've had it for 35 years. And I have friends. This is like, the first time I've heard of it. That's what I keep hearing. So I keep hearing, like, how long has this been happening? I'm like, 35 years. I'm like, but this is a great event. Like, last year we had five stages of Spasmatics played. Two years ago we had O-Town and Aaron Carter from the, you know, the 90s bands playing. So we just have to do a better job of, at our zoo of saying, you know what? I'm lying.
0: I think I heard, I think I had a co- some co workers go. Yeah. But I thought it was like a VIP thing. Oh, like you can have VIP. Got yeah. to go. Oh, because yeah. I thought it was yeah.
1: only like certain people got to go. And I was
0: like, yeah. oh, I you guess I'm be- not be- one of those people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're in this this year. I got you. I got you. But um, yeah, we, we have VIP areas for Zo And it was fun this year because, you know, Fiesta had been canceled for a year. We did it in May. It was the first day in a month that it didn't rain. And the same day the CDC had dropped the mask requirements, El Ray Feo showed up. Like it was like Fiesta. You could palpably feel the joy in the air of people at, at Zoolala. And it goes, all goes to a great cause just like Fiesta does. So it was really fun. But you guys will come next year for sure and do a, we'll do a podcast live from Zoolala next year. Yeah. Dude, let's do it.
0: That'd be cool. I mean, I be cool. And I know it was fun because my coworkers showed up. The next day to work like this,
1: yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> See, here's where they messed up. I take the next day off. I know better, so I take it.
0: I was wondering, was like, I would, I would. I think the next day was a Friday. Did you guys have it on a Thursday? Yes. And day, okay. And the next day was a Friday. And they were just like, we're just gonna come in, <laughs> and they regret it. <laughs> I, mean,
1: <laughs> I promise you, next year they're like, we need to take off on Friday because you all like rockstar world. Yeah, it's a really fun event. And to do stuff with anything with the zoo is like benefiting like wildlife and things. So it's like a win 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 all the way around. It's just fun. And we want to be more than just like, you know, we hear all the time like, I haven't been to the zoo since I had little kids. We want to have adult events. We want to have, we have a Zoomers group, which is our young professionals uh, adult group. So we do a lot of like, casino nights and Zoo a lot, all these fun events. We, we want to connect with the entire community because every single penny we make goes back into, Operating the zoo or conservation, which is really fun for us. And they got boomer groups too. Oh, there's no boomers here. No boomers. (laughs) I got a boomer on Facebook this week. I'm like, I'm not a boomer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of making happy regrets, I think it's time for another one.
1: Yes. I agree. I agree. Um,
0: Oh, thank you. By the way, do we, do we get do we get breaks? No, no breaks. Oh, no. wait, you need to go? If you don't mind. You know, there's no way you
1: can get out
0: of I know. Do I have to crawl <laughs> under the table? We can pause. Dude. We can pause if, if you're fine, yeah. yeah
1: it's okay. it's the first day we understand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when I was reading about how you're changing things up, yeah. I was wondering, like, how, is, how is he making sure that the education is still happening? Because as you said, now zoos are more focusing on making sure that we educate the guests so that you guys can also rehabilitate the animals or also make sure that more animals are not being hurt out in the wild. So where is that balance between making it educational, making it fun, but also not becoming a Tiger King kind of thing? Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So we know people come here to have fun. Our employees come to work here to have fun. Our guests come visit to have fun. And we want to make great exhibits and a great experience so the guests have fun and stay longer, right? So you look at what we've done at this zoo. Our pillars are really conservation and education. And we operate an education department that has, like, programming for kids age six months to adults 89, 99, 100 years old. Cradle to crane. We have programming for those guys at the zoo. And then we operate the Will Smith Zoo School, which is the largest nature-based preschool in the country. So we have a school on on the perimeter of the zoo where 240-something kids go to school every day, spend 50% of the day outside learning in nature. They come to the zoo every single day, and they're learning to be our future conservationists. So, like, we spent – the biggest project this zoo has ever done has been that school. So when zoos talk about, like, oh, we're centers of conservation and education – this zoo can stand proudly and say the biggest thing we have ever invested in is a school, a school, not a habitat, not this and that. that." So we're super proud of what's happening at that school. Those kids are like the next generation of conservationists. It's really funny because we built the new zoo parking garage, which is really beautiful. You can see it on 21 with butterflies and giraffes and tiger. We were building that garage a couple of years ago. It's right next to the Will Smith Zoo School. Well, we had to strip the land right to build the garage, and that part of our property was all like scrub trees, no native trees at all. But the kids at Zuzco were like, "Wow, there's deforestation happening right next door to our school." (laughs) These are three, four, and five-year-old children telling us that there's deforestation issues happening next to their school. So we literally had to go talk to those children. Nobody in the public said anything. Driving up to 81, nobody that lives around here said anything. The three, four, and five-year-olds at the Will Smith Sioux school were worried that there's deforestation happening yeah. <laughs> the school. So we had to go talk to them, but like, those were not native trees. We're gonna build this garage, we're bringing back in hundred native trees, like oak trees and all these things that live here. And uh, but I think that just speaks to like our focus on conservation and education, that these little three, four, and five-year-olds or conservationists already at that age. The fact that a three-year-old is using the word deforestation um, is impactful. My daughter went there and she's like, turn the water off when you brush your teeth. No, I'm not taking that to school because that's single-use plastic. That Oreo cookie is in single-use plastic and those kind of things. So like, we're having an impact here uh, with Zoo School. 240-something kids go to school there every year. The waiting list gets up over 800 kids a semester to go there. So there's a big impact of those kids you know you multiply that they go to their families to their neighborhoods that impacts everybody and then the kids waiting to get in that school it's a big impact for us and we're really proud of it and we want to grow it part of our programming there is like let's train a trainer to go to schools across texas and teach this programming to these kids so they understand nature connect with nature and protect nature going forward so it's really fun so that's one of the things I love about the zoo is like everything we do is like it comes back to these great core mission statements and mission purposes. Every single thing. Every dollar, every minute we spend goes right back to it.
0: And are you guys the first zoo to do something like this? Like build a school?
1: So there's zoos that have schools. Uh, when we start this zoo school started 20 years ago. It was in our education department building. We never talked about it because it was always full. One classroom with 20 kids, always full. We bought the school campus we're on now in 2015, opened it in 2018, and it's just been out of control since then. Uh, but it is something that we're really proud of and part of. And But people really want to get their kids in there. It's like when we grew, we grew up, our parents said, when the street lights turn on, you come home. When yeah. you go play in the creek, play in the pond, play in the field like kids have lost that now. They spend less than seven minutes a day outside with unstructured play. Like that's a big impact on society and nature and conservation. And we're trying to reverse that. So our kids are like in the dirt, in the mud, they come on muddy, tired, you know, rocks in their pockets, mulch in their air. And we're, we're just really excited about it. We're creating these future conservationists that are going to spread that message for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And it's not, it's not just that kid. It's everyone they touch is going to be impacted by that, which is really exciting for us.
0: When I think of the zoo and I think of, you know, World too, anything that has to do with animals, I'm a big fan of watching nature shows. Sure. But, well, because I like to be educated, and I, but what pisses me, well, I don't know. I don't know why. I just you cussed a whole bunch hey, and I'm going to censor pisses.
1: Hey, listen, I, I do interviews all the time right and they're like, and even your pre, the email you sent me. If they want to edit it out, edit it out. I'm like I tell people all the time, you can ask me anything you want, and I will tell you the same thing. I'll say in public, online, on air, live, whatever. I'm going to tell you the same thing. So you say whatever you want, and I'll say what I, I will tell you the same thing. Now that I would tell you offline, anywhere else, we're going to do it. So say it. Just say it. Well, I have, I
0: have. What pisses me off is that for some reason humans cannot understand. And I get some well that we're hurting the place that we're living. Yeah. you know I uh the animals that live here they they were probably here before us or kind of they knew what they were doing before we know what we're doing because we're still figuring it out yeah uh I just don't understand like just stop hurting the animals stop hurting the world that we're living in and I get a lot of it is because you know different uh money pretty much I think yeah. a lot of it comes with money you Sure. Like you're saying, the elephants they get hunted for their tusks yeah. and that, because in turn that's valuable to somebody. So, I, but and so I cannot talk for people that live in certain situations where they feel like they need to do this. But I think with education, uh, as I was saying uh, off air, I, I am a teacher, and I feel like education is the key to being able to stop hurting you know kind of thing like we're stop hurting the world we're living in Um, do you see a change anytime soon I think it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better
1: yeah it's well the scary part is it's happening so fast right humans are just taking up the planet and, and taking land so fast but I think zoos and other nonprofits realize like you have to conservation is not like going to a part of the country a world part of the world and saying like We're going to save the elephants because we're going to guard them and protect them. It's like you have to have community engagement, education with that community, with the kids of that community, the parents of that community, to say there's value to these elephants. And this is why they're valuable to your culture and to your ecosystem. And this is what happens if they disappear. So I think zoos have done a much better job of learning that in the last few years. Um, We do a big conservation uh, project and work in in Amazon and Peru. And what we do is we're supporting... Indigenous groups that live in Peru. So these indigenous groups have these ranges of rainforest. Um, we can't just go in there and be like, hey, just don't let somebody mess with the rainforest. That doesn't work for them. Right. Because what happens, they don't deal with like cash, they don't deal with like the we can't project what we know on other cultures, right? That's the challenge. We project what we know on other cultures, it doesn't work. So and they
0: also have their own worries.
1: Yes. Their own like these cultures in, in Peru that that we work with, they don't deal with cash, they don't live with contracts. And what happens is they get sick. They'll have an illness, like imagine COVID happens. Uh, Somebody will come in and say like, we'll give you vaccines if you sign this contract to let us mine and log your land, right? And so we're like, no, don't ever sign those contracts. We will be here to support you. We will financially support you. You will be okay. We're going to make you okay all the time just protect your land and so that's the kind of things that zoos are doing now and if you take all the accredited zoos in the country or and AZA which is the big accrediting, accrediting organization, it's probably 230 plus US and outside the US, we're like 200 million plus a year into conservation programs like that that are saving the planet and wild places because it is saving wild places wild places are disappearing so you have to work Worth those local communities to save those wild places you can't just go in and be like okay i'm gonna put a big fence here now and there's elephants can run here that's not how it works you have to work local communities and local governments i mean it's complicated but zoos accredited zoos are working hard to do that around the world which is pretty incredible
2: i think i think the weird thing about rules laws prohibition is that it, it kind of makes people idolize what they're not supposed to do. So I wonder if taking a different approach at education, like, hey, this is how not doing these things that are killing off certain species impacts you, you know, I wonder if that might be a more fruitful a- approach. I don't know.
0: You said prohibition and then I got instantly angry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Black are delivered the first case to the White House in prohibition. Anyway, with the Clyde By the way, yeah, but you have a good point. The, we, you have to work with those communities and explain and, and work with them to say, this is why these species are important. There's value to these species. If you look at countries that don't have value to those species, they don't care if people poach them, they don't care if people kill them. If, if you're, Imagine you're a farmer, right? You have a family of four, and your whole life depends on the crop you have behind your house. And an elephant comes in one night and wipes it out. What are you going to do to that elephant? You're going to kill it because he has just killed your livelihood for you. So a lot of it is human conflict, human expansion, having to figure out where we can work together with these species because they're really important to everything we're doing. But it's very complicated. and People try to oversimplify it like, oh, just let all animals in the wild. There's no wild anymore. There's no wild. It's all man-managed properties and man lands, and so it's it's a very complicated process to save these species but we're dependent on them we are totally dependent on these species living for our own good we talked about earlier the propagation of you know bees and bats and birds so if that goes away we're done so we got to figure figure this out fast (laughs) and you got to ask yourself like why are all the billionaires trying to get off this planet right? The billionaires are racing to get off this planet. Why? Because we're in trouble. <laughs> so, yeah. that's cool it's,
2: it's interesting, though. It's like, I think the first step to caring about something is admitting that you don't care about something. Yeah. It's like, don't show me what's behind the veil. You know, yeah. like, oh, don't show me suffering because I'm, I can't face it. You know, to me, it's kind of a weird thing, but it works.
1: But for us as zoos, <laughs> the thing is like, hey, we're connecting people with those animals. So like here we have a drafting experience. You're eye to eye with a giraffe. We have reticulated giraffes. There's less than 4,000 of them in the wild anymore. So while you're there feeding them, we have the opportunity to talk to you about, this is the situation of these giraffes in the wild. There's less than 4,000 in the wild. Mm-hmm. And zoos are trying to save them. And you're helping by buying this you know, experience to feed giraffes and those kind of things. So zoos try to connect people. And that's what the goal is. We're connecting people to animals on an emotional level to save them in the wild, which is not what zoos were originally set up to do. They were originally set up as like a menagerie, like I'm going to have one of everything. You come to my zoo and I'm going to have one of everything. And now, now it is like I want to connect you to these species to save them in the wild. That's what zoos are now. It's, it's, it's remarkable what the change has been in zoos in the last 50 years, but that's what zoos have become.
0: Which, by the way, since you mentioned the feeding of the giraffe. I love that thing. I love, the, I love that interactive uh, experience. I took my son, I think he was two at the time, and I thought he was going to freak out once the giraffe got close. Uh, no, perfect. He's fine. He's looking at the giraffe. It's super close. The only time he freaked out is when he, you know, we kind of like my wife kind of held the lettuce
1: uh,
0: uh, and the giraffe wraps its tongue around it and yeah. takes it. Yeah. As <laughs> yeah. soon as he sees the giraffe takes the lettuce. He goes from smile to ah. <laughs> <laughs> he
1: took my lettuce. He took my lettuce. Yeah.
0: yeah. I was like, what happened? I think, was, I don't know.
1: I think it was the fact of seeing the tongue go around. That's the moment for us. Like, that's a moment where we have the opportunity to talk to you, right? So, if you thought if we didn't have a giraffe feeding deck, you would just look at the giraffes and walk on. Yeah. We have the opportunity when you come feed giraffes at our zoo that we can talk to you about, okay, there's only 4,000 left. Here's how you can help them. Here's what's the situation. And so we try to take advantage of all those things while you're having fun. We want you to come have fun, feed the giraffes, have these magical moments like you're having with your son or daughter. And at the same time, we're going to educate you on the plight of these guys in the wild. that's what zoos are really about now. It's, it's been, It's totally changed the last 30, 40, 50 years. It's been really fun. And for us, we're like, okay, we're going to be on the forefront of this. Our new Jaguar exhibit, we're taking a Jaguar um, through another exhibit, which has never happened before, ever, in the history of zoos. Our jaguars will go across a pathway, through an Amazon aviary and then hook up to another jaguar. No one's ever done that before. So we, we, we want to be on the forefront of animal habitat design that's enriching for the animals and creates a more natural environment for them that's enriching. Um, you know, San Antonio Zoo, San Antonio should be really proud. In the 1930s and 40s, we were the first zoo in the country with cages exhibits. Everybody before us had cage. Every animal's in a cage. Square cage, square cage, square cage. We built moat systems here. We looked across the moat, and there's a bear, the bears out there, the lions out there, the tigers out there. You're just looking across the moat. We were groundbreaking in the 30s and 40s, and we want to be that again in the, you know, 2000s and the, going forward. So we're really excited what we're doing going forward. And Jaguar, for us, the Jaguar walk is, uh, is a really cool example of what we're doing forward. And I'm going to tell you guys, this is the first. I'm This is I'm breaking the secret. Yeah. So I'm a child of the 80s rock, 90s rock, the band Pantera. You heard of Pantera? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, definitely. You know, I I I won't get us
1: excited,
0: but so Pantera.
1: Pantera is Jaguar in Spanish. Yeah. Pantera has an epic song called Walk. Yes. We are naming our Jaguar system Pantera Walk. Oh, We will see how many people watch this podcast and how many people don't watch this podcast that try to that put two and two together. Pantera Walk, which is an epic Pantera song, yeah, and figure it out. So, we like to do a lot of those hidden cookies kind of things, but That's we're going to re theme that entire realm as Neotropica, which I keep telling them, like, let's like theme it as Metallica, like, give me the two Metallica hooks on the logo. I <laughs> think they're, they're like, you're crossing the line there, okay? Like, okay. No no, is, no, no, that's that's incredible. No, no, no. Stick yeah. with the idea; it's that's amazing.
0: Rock City. They're
1: love yeah, their um, uh, walk is going to be epic. And if you know who Pantera is in the song, you'll get it. If not, okay, we'll still play Terra walk. So that's really fun. This is something must be, but what, that that's good. like doing a great ex, great exhibit for an animal. Hundred percent more space, natural behaviors up in a tree, down by the river, and that's the kind of things we're doing. So, well,
0: so when I was reading about about that expansion and you guys are doing, I, I just. I was trying to picture like this is going to be amazing. It's going to be super freaking cool yeah. to see that. And, and it reminded me of the Cincinnati uh, Aquarium where they have like sharks swimming mm-hmm. over you. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh man, if that look cool, this Pantera exclusive to our wow. You
1: guys, this is breaking news. <laughs> right, this and actually is I like breaking it. news. Yeah, no, I don't we have that. told no, we have told nobody that it's called Pantera So this is the groundbreaking moment of. Press release, Pantera walk.
2: <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm pumped, man. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm a big Pantera hard. fan. Why not?
1: I'm like, who gets to do this stuff? We we work on designing like animal habitats, like we just recently did uh, Rhino. It was literally a napkin in the uh, airport in Dallas. I'm like, who gets to do this stuff? This is super fun. So let's have some fun. But we want to be groundbreakers once again on zoo design and not your traditional zoo exhibits and. Let's be creative for the animals and create great spaces for the animals and the guests at the same time, and that's what we're doing.
0: Well, speaking of the Cincinnati Zoo or aquarium, since I brought it up, so what's this deal with Timothy and uh, Fiona having a
1: little romance? He's in love with Fiona, so um, we have a five—he's now a five-year-old, six-year-old hippo named Timothy, and there's a five-year-old hippo at Cincinnati Zoo named Fiona. She was born premature, so a six-month premature, super cute, had a massive following around the world because she was born so premature, you know, like the size of a football, tiny. And um, we had we brought Timothy back. So we had a San Antonio zoo, a, a hippo pair named Uma and Tumbo. They had eight babies. At some point, so the AZA, our association, we, we try to have, it's called the species survival plan. We want 100 years of good genetics in all of our species so we can maintain good genetics. Uma and Tumbo have eight babies. At some point, they said, like, no more babies. We have enough of their genetics in the system. Well, Karen was their last baby. She went to Albuquerque. She fell in love with another hippo, had a baby named Timothy. Come back to San Antonio, Tumbo dies of old age. So we bring Timothy to live with Uma, the grandma. So Timothy here lives with Uma, his grandma. There's a young hippo in Cincinnati named uh, Fiona who like international social media phenomenon. And I love social media. So I'm like, we really need to bring Fiona to San Antonio. So one day these, um, some volunteers from uh, Cincinnati bring a book and they're like, it's signed from Fiona. Like they would be a really cute couple. So I'm like, you're right. They would be a cute couple. So I write this note on social media. Dear Fiona. My name is Timothy. I think you're the most beautiful hippo in the world. Like took two seconds to ride. It. I went to a meeting, they came back, and made sure like five thousand times. So it just exploded. Huh. And so ever since then, Timothy and Fiona are in love. Timothy and Rice love letters to her. They send each other <laughs>
2: presents,
1: Valentine's Day presents, and it's like uh, what what the benefit for us is we've been able to t- we've been able to tell people like here's how zoos use genetics to keep these species in a healthy place. So you know Timothy will be decided to go somewhere. Fiona, we decide to go somewhere. They may or may not have to be together. Of course, everybody's like, please let them be together. Of course, in Texas, we're like, yeah, send Fiona to San Antonio. Up there in Ohio, they're like, no, no, send Timothy be, be with Fiona. But it's just been fun for us. The interesting, we've done a lot of stuff for her for her presence. We tried to hire a mariachi band to go visit her. <laughs> and there's zero mariachi bands in Ohio. Zero. So oh. Yeah, We had to hire a mighty band here to go play at the San Antonio Zoo to be a record to send her a birthday present, but we've sent, like, edible arrangements. Last year, Timothy bought her uh, a, a spot in Scotland that made her a queen. I mean, uh, all these crazy things, but it's just been fun for us to talk about. Timothy. Timothy's really a fun voice for San Antonio Zoo. He ran for president last year. You know, his platform was, like, very big because it had to hold him. He wanted naps for all 24 hour buffets, like just super fun stuff. But it's been a good example of something that we make fun. Um, and at the same time, we educate people. So here's how we're trying to save hippos. And here's how we move hippos within zoos. So Timothy is a perfect example of the fun we're having at zoos and becomes super famous and super fun. He writes a love letter to Fiona every Thursday at three o'clock, which is super fun. People follow it like religion, if we're 5 minutes late on a post, we start getting messages on Facebook like what's wrong with Timothy? What's wrong with Timothy? Like, <laughs> we're, we're like writing it. I'm like, "Okay, hey, well." It's well kind
0: of- I'll, I'll tell you this. This this is the segment where my sister will finally hit that like button. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> She is like super crazy with Fiona. Like she loves Fiona. Yeah. And I don't know if she she knew that, you know, she has a love interest here in San Antonio. Yeah. If she does, if she doesn't, this is going to be like she said, this yeah. is gonna rock her world. I wish I wouldn't, I I can, I know where my my son's t-shirt is. She brought back, she went to Cincinnati, she brought back a Fiona t-shirt for my son. Uh, no,
1: we've people we've had people visit Fiona, take pictures, and then come here and take pictures with Timothy because they're a couple. Like people are emotionally invested in this relationship. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> he has a lot of fun with it. You know, I did the Cincinnati Zoo last year. We just took pictures. I took a picture with her, like, oh, I'm trying to figure out if we can figure out the suitcase. And, but it's funny, the people in Cincinnati are like, she is not moving to Texas. Uh, yeah, your grandma has done a good job raising you as a good Texas boy, but she is not moving to Texas. You got to move here and those kind of things. But it's just been really fun to kind of have Timothy as a spokesperson for zoos. And it was a total accident. It was a total accident.
0: Some would say a better life story, uh, a better love story than Twilight.
1: For sure, I think most would say that. Yeah, yeah. Most, most Twilight, the Bachelor, you name it, he's outdone all them. <laughs>
0: I will, I will say though, if you follow any like Hispanic traditions, usually the male has to move to with the female.
1: Well, that's kind yeah. of one of my fears. Is like, well, I know Fiona is not moving, so I'm like, they're gonna take Timothy. He's gonna, the SS, so. What Timothy is part of is called the species survival plan. We try to have 100 years of good genetics of each of these species to keep them in the caravan where we don't have, like, you know, you don't want inbreeding and things you saw in Tiger King, you don't want that, right? So I'm like, at some point, someone's going to call me, like, send Timothy to Cincinnati. I'm like, yeah, I really don't want him to leave. <laughs> I, <don't> leave <laughs> yeah. I know Fiona is not leaving Cincinnati because that whole city will have a, there'll be a riot. There'll be a riot. Fiona's oh. to- oh. <laughs>
0: Well, here's the catch though. So if we're still following Hispanic traditions, then the father of the female has to pay for everything. So Cincinnati has yeah, to
1: pay for everything. there you go. We gotta figure out who that is because Karen <laughs> Timothy's mom just had another baby with her dad. So Timothy has a little brother. So we gotta figure out all the we need to put a little chart together and be like, who's paying for this wedding?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, just tell them that look, uh Timothy has grown up in a Hispanic Rich uh yeah, yeah. environment. Wait, wait. He loves Fiesta.
1: <laughs> he does. He does. He, so, loves, there you go. he loves siesta. He loves Fiesta and Siesta. So <laughs> siesta.
0: And the, what what do you guys call him? Uh snore bubbles?
1: Yeah, yeah. He snore bubbles, yeah, all the time. <laughs> He's he knows all about the nap. He's all about the nap. Which we appreciate. <laughs> so we won't keep you too
0: long anymore. I'm having a great time. Uh, I think we still have plenty of beer to drink.
1: But don't forget, we have the second series of this with the black and whiskey.
0: The second. Oh, yes. For sure. Yeah. Oh, I haven't forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're definitely going to invite you right uh, back. But before you go, we have one more question for you to share with us. Uh, Jerry, would you do that? Right. Honest? Uh, yes. So I actually
2: have two questions, if you're oh, okay no. with that. Okay. Yeah. So question number one. Look at this first timer. Hey running the show. I did a little bit of homework, you know. <laughs> okay, so question number one. So the Spurs are huge in the city. I think it's safe to say, right? Yep. Pretty big, right? Yep. Well known. So with the number 12 pick in the NBA draft, yep. last night, our San Antonio Spurs selected Josh Primo. Yep. Okay. So what is your primo pick? for the number one attraction in the San
1: Antonio Zoo? That's a, that's a great question. So let me give you a little background. I have worked for the San Antonio Spurs. I was on the stat crew for many years. Uh, my dad worked for the NBA for 20 years, was on that crew. So I am one of those persons like hashtag in Popeye trust, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember when we drafted Tony Parker at the age of 19, people were like, who is this kid? We don't know who he is. I remember when we drafted Manji Nobly and people were like, who is this kid? We don't know who he is. I'm like, so in RC and pop trust. So with this kid, I'm like, I don't know if we're drafting him to draft him or who knows, there could be a trade tomorrow. Like that he was part of a package, but super excited about that kid and, and what he's going to do for San Antonio. And um, the Spurs are a big part of what we do here at San Antonio. Institute. It's just part of the culture and woven into everything we do too. But tell me your question again. I'll answer the question. Okay.
2: <laughs> so, so what's your primo pick for the greatest Attraction for oh, San sure. Antonio Zoo.
1: San Antonio Zoo for sure. Here's why. To me, we are the attraction in town because we're so local and so much a part of the heart of San Antonio. And we really try to weave ourselves in with the culture and heart of San Antonio that um, that's part of the reason I came here. I could do $200 million, $300 million of projects at SeaWorld, but it was still corporate. I come to San Antonio Zoo. Everything I do makes an impact here on the entire community because everybody here loves San Antonio Zoo. Everybody in San Antonio has been to the zoo. Everybody comes to the zoo. Everyone's going to come to the zoo. And so we have a big impact here. And uh, we want to be the cultural gathering spot for our community. And we've been here 107 years. We're going to be here 300, 400 years more. But we're just getting started. So we're super excited about our future.
0: Do you have a favorite or a primo
1: animal at the zoo? There you go. So that's a good question. People ask that all the time so really my favorite animal becomes whatever we're working on so right now we're working on jaguar uh, habitat so we're going to create this overhead track system and all these cool systems for jaguars and if you learn about the jaguar and study the jaguar there's an amazing predatory big cat that's used to live in san antonio like a hundred thousand years thousand years ago there was jaguars in san antonio now they're in Three hours north of the border of Mexico, there's jaguars. They're not that far away from us. Yeah, You think about it. We work with the Gladys Board Zoo and NGOs in Mexico on uh, jaguar conservation. Three hours south of the border of Mexico, there's wild jaguars. And people have no idea of that concept. So right now, my favorite animal is jaguar. And the things we do for our jaguars are really incredible. So it really depends on what we're working on. But right now, jaguar. And so I think it's cool that it's a species that used to be here um not long ago and that is just south of us in Mexico is really cool in the rainforest of Mexico and it's just an incredible species and what they do the way they hunt you know they're up in trees they hunt crocodiles and they pull them up in trees to eat them like they're just incredibly strong predatory sniper style hunter which is super fascinating to me and I think it's really fun to to learn about them more so my favorite animal changes like every year what are we working on? What's the next project? And so for San Antonio, we know we're one of the few zoos in the, in the country that doesn't have gorillas. So, breaking news again, we're going to bring gorillas back to San Antonio at some point. And um, that will become my favorite species at that time because I'm just yeah, so fascinated cool. how we, because we want to know as a zoo, as a zoo you, and employees, you want to know like what are the socio- sociological needs, the, the psych- psychological needs of gorillas. The family of gorillas. So you learn so much about whatever your project or you're working on. That becomes your passion, and that's how I've been. So I got her. It was elephants. There was jaguars. It was so, it changes all the time. But right now, I'm super excited about jaguars. We know we need gorillas and great apes. That's going to come sometime to San Antonio. So we're going to do great things here, and we're super excited about um, these new habitats and these new things that no one else. We're going to break these distinctions and no one else in the world has done. That is exciting for us, and. It's awesome. Learning about more about those species is exciting for me, personally.
0: Well, if you're named gorillas, I know where you can find one. <laughs> yeah. By
1: the way, I love your grizzly bear shirt. So that's a great story, too. The grizzly bear shirt,
0: <laughs> Hey, Target. I found that at Target. Well, you're a Bruins
2: fan, too. So right. that, that kind of plays into it,
1: yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. Like, a lot of zoos have grizzly bears that were orphaned. We have two black bears at our zoo that were orphaned from Mother Was Killed because of whatever reason a car wrecker, I can't remember what happened, but we we took the two orphan babies in. So zoos do a lot of that work too, but grizzlies are an important part of American culture and an important part of the American conservation efforts that are bringing those animals back. So if you study like the impact of wolves in the wild and how when you reintroduce those in the wild or, or take them out of the wild, like entire river systems change. The river system change how it flows, how it flows. You reintroduce the wolves; it changes back. I mean, it's incredible what one species will do to the ecosystem that affects everybody, including humans. So we are the ultimate first pers- ultimate people that pay for what we're doing. So we got to really pay attention and start doing. And it's right.
0: so weird because we think we're up here; nothing can touch us, nothing can hurt yeah. us. We're the primal,
1: right?
0: Uh, but really, like when you think about it, any little change of whatever you might think is That's the problem.
1: You know, we're the, yeah. we're the apex. People ask me what, what animal feels more than any of the animals. like, humans. And so we're the apex of this planet, but we are destroying it. And ultimately, that that, that deterioration of environment and spaces for wild animals will impact us backwards to us. So we got to really pay attention to what we're doing. People, you know, the new cycle is 10 seconds now. 10 seconds, so we got to pay attention to what's happening. And that's what zoos are trying to do is like tell people, look, this is what's happening. This is what humans are doing. This is what's happening in the wild. We need to pay attention and do better. And so hopefully that starts happening.
2: Yeah. Stewardship. Yeah. It's all about stewardship. Yeah. Yes.
0: And, and also true. I want to say before that, I want to say that that Primo kid is going nowhere if you wants stardom because come on, San Antonio, everybody's Primo. Everybody. <laughs> everyone's everyone's Primo. And you know what? H-E-B is already thinking
1: of the commercial for their Primo kids. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you San Antonio, we are the perfect example of a conservation city because we're the largest city in the planet that depends on aquifer water. Of yeah. any Western world, we depend on aquifer water. So, San Antonio Zoo, we're working with blind salamanders from the aquifer, all these other species, ferns, plants from the aquifer. Like, if those blink out, we're done. If the water goes away in San Antonio, we're done. Yes, so, you know, everything matters. So San Antonio is a good example of a city that depends on the environment, like not a lot of cities do, um, to protect the the the, the um, aquifer and the species right below our feet. Where you guys are staying now, where I'm staying now, yeah. we have to protect those species. That hey, let's pay attention and do the right thing, and, and then we can live for another ten thousand years, or whatever. But if we don't, we're done. So, which brings I-
0: it back to full circle, and what we were saying at the beginning, how. When something's going wrong in our city, we all chip in. Right. You know, every time we see the, you know, the aquifer's low, conserved water. I, everybody does, like water yeah. your grass on certain days. Yeah. Or
1: don't. You and feel it? Just, yeah,
0: yeah. Everybody's yeah. Chipping, chipping in on that.
1: We talked to our um, the the group, the architects that are building our master plan with us. We're like, we're the only city you could probably do a cave exhibit that people will be excited about. Like, because people here understand. The importance of the aquifer and the aquifer species and they do you don't get that in other cities in the us or around the world so we're super excited to tell more people tell people more about what we do behind the scenes of edwards aquifer species and our, our own conservation and the things that we're doing here like we are i, I can't say it enough we're just a zoo that when you visit the zoo it's just a little bitty piece of what we do we're doing conservation around the world we're doing education with zoo school and the campers and people that visit all these things it's like for me, it's like a blessing to be here with this incredible um, mission of educating people and doing conservation work around the world. And every time someone buys a ticket here, they're funding that conservation and that education. So it's you cannot lose by coming to visit the zoo because you're funding all these incredible things to save our planet and teach the next generation of conservationists to protect our planet.
0: And you can drink beer.
1: You can drink beer. Save, save a life. Yeah. Save a
0: life. They're <laughs> same species, yeah. Same species. Okay, that's better. Right. Jerry, come on, you messed me up.
2: Here. Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry. Jerry, Must- ask me
0: questions.
2: I I I tend to fall short. I'm sorry. Okay, so we kind of we kind of segued into it, and then we we kind of you know went somewhere else. But my favorite exhibit in the zoo is the bear exhibit, and I'm a black bear fan. I love yeah. black bears. I don't know why they're like big puppy dogs, and I love yeah. them. So you know, we live in Bear County, and so what can you barely wait for? Moving forward to twenty twenty two. I'll answer that. He said it a
0: hundred times. The Pantera
2: walk.
1: Wow.
2: That's what I that's what I can't wait for. let's
1: see really will get it. So that will open next year. Actually, late late this fall, Pantera Walk will open. We're gonna retheme and re-kind of roam the whole area of what we call Neotropica. I'm totally trying to do the Metallica, you know, hooks to it and everything. But they want yeah. <laughs> we're just super excited. We're bringing that the next year, uh redoing Kronkowski Nature spot like. Our zoo is super dynamic. Every year, something is going to be new as far as habitats. And we're doing this incredible event lineup all year. So every time you come, the zoo will be totally different than the time you came before, which is exciting for us. But yeah, Pantera Walk. To get panthers, panthers jaguars over your head is going to be super cool. Across the river, uh, we're at a place where they can sit by the river is a natural behavior for them. Super cool. And over 100% increase in their space where they can roam, which is really exciting for us.
0: Very cool. Did that suffice, Jerry?
2: I, yeah, I think that satisfied <laughs> the question. Yes. Thank you. No, um, we're, excited. we're excited. I'm excited about
1: everything all the time. But
0: <laughs> I'm, 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 yeah, I'm super excited about the... Excited
1: uh, tomorrow's Saturday.
0: <laughs> right. Yes. Oh um, well, actually, no. When this comes out, it's gonna be Wednesday. So Wednesday, to I'm to people... tomorrow's Wednesday. I'm tomorrow's, Wednesday yeah. tomorrow's Wednesday. You gotta wake up for work, guys. Sorry. <laughs> um, Jerry, let's hear this. too Good job, Jerry. Your first show. Good job. Hey, thanks. I appreciate it. Okay, let's close it out with. Do you have a too hard, too fast story that
1: you're willing to share? My story would be like find your passion. Like I have been one of those people in life. Like I have loved my job the whole time. I've worked at theme parks and now at the zoo and I've loved my job every day. I've never had a day where like, I don't want to go to work because I've been able to impact people and make a difference in people's lives. But now at the zoo, I'm having a bigger, even bigger impact. I'm impacting people's lives and the planet. Like we're literally fighting to save the world every day here. So I would tell your listeners, like you cannot go too hard, too fast to find your passion and then just drive it home. Just drive it home, drive it home, drive it home. So, and find that. Once you find that, like, your life will be totally fulfilled and you will not have a miserable day in your life. So I, I love what you guys do with the bo- podcast. Super cool. And uh, that you're from San Antonio. Super cool. Cheers. Let me my beer. Super cool.
2: Cheers. Cheers. We should do it. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's... <laughs> I think San Antonio is such a special place for people to do things like this and and grow and um I love the city and I'm going to be here forever. I don't want my kids to be here forever. But like I tell people all the time, find your passion and then just drive it home and you will be, you'll have the most fulfilling life you could ever imagine.
0: I like that. And I, I recently saw this uh, hashtag on TikTok that said, don't quit your daydream. And I really love that. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was good. I, like I
1: would also say, uh, so I spoke at the San Antonio college graduation a couple of years ago. Don't be a hard in life. Be a genoblee. You think about that. like Oh, yeah. He's right everywhere where he goes, lazy on defense. I'm like, Ginobili played 100% every play, offense, defense, in life. Do not be a Harden, be a Ginobili. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> Houston
0: Rockets, hey. But that's okay. We're in San Antonio. Yeah. What the San Antonio Zoo, CEO. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, I love that. That was a good, too hard, too fast story.
1: I a jab at New Jersey, so it's even better. So <laughs>
0: There you go. Oh, is he playing with? He's playing with the Nets now, yeah. Oh,
1: yes.
0: mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, he's, he's gone. All right. Well, I will say this. As much as I I, we, I talked about this first, I am more of a hockey fan than I am a basketball fan.
1: So, <laughs> you know, I've been watching today was handball. I had no idea. Handball. You know so, this sport to be? Handball in the Olympics. Yeah. No. About- basketball, volleyball combined together. I'm like, I have no idea. I have no idea.
2: Little known fact Hakeem Olajuwon, who was a center for the Houston Rockets. First started in handball. I don't
1: know. In fact,
0: I'm a little buzzed. Yeah, me too. I, actually I, I don't do even know where I am right now. <laughs> stole
1: a championship from us in 95, 96, so I don't want
0: to talk about him. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> wow. So with that said, you guys have heard it here first. Pantero Walk. <laughs> uh, gorillas coming back to San Antonio Zoo. Mr. Tim Morrow, president and CEO of the San Antonio Zoo, with us. Today, this is awesome. Thank you very much. And he's already said that he's going to come back for a second part. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah, and a second one for the whiskey.
0: Yeah, the yes. whiskey. um So, <laughs> thank you very much for being with us. I really appreciate <laughs> your time. Uh, I really appreciate this gift. Oh man, Frito con cerveza. Yes. Cheers. Ooh, thank cheers. you for that. Cheers. I will definitely get this. Gift, yeah. 100%. Oh, definitely. Um, but with that said, Jerry, what do you have to say? So um,
2: we actually ran out of time for the Joe Exotic uh, phone call. We're going to have to save that
1: for next time. When
2: in the hell do you think i come in here? Guys? Sorry, Mr.
1: Tiger King. We're going to hey, have next, next time we talk so we can maybe up a call. Them. We'll see.
0: Yeah.
2: It was a collect call, too, so I don't really want to
0: yeah, yeah, fork yeah. over the money. no, don't do Definitely. So, yeah. okay. we, don't, we, we haven't sold any coozies. yet. Right. Mostly because I haven't sold it. (laughs) Yeah. So next time. But, Mr. Moore, We have a project. We got two coming your way. uh, Because afterwards, we'll talk about how I can get them to you.
1: Yeah. Perfect.
0: Um, With that said, remember, dare to be you. Dare to be weird. Bye.
1: Love you guys. It's
0: done.